0: You are tuned into the Conquering Everest Podcast. This is episode 33. Welcome to the Conquering Everest podcast my name is Brian Talor and let me just say thank you thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me now in today's episode I have a conversation with Betsy kodlinsky Betsy is a freedom guide think of it as kind of like a safari guide but the trophy you track with her is your own personal freedom now Betsy suffers from a chronic pain condition and it wasn't that long ago that she found herself depressed depressed and anxious she describes her life then as unfulfilled and sick in every way but Betsy was able to turn things around and today well she's living a much more fulfilled life this is Betsy's story and just like that we're live through the power of technology how are you Betsy welcome to the Conquer Universe podcast
1: I'm good Brian thanks for having me
0: yeah I've been looking forward to this because you have a what I think is a very unique um, profession i guess um as i uh, it's the first time i've heard of a freedom guide so why don't we take the first little bit here and if you don't mind introduce yourself to our listeners our watchers and uh yeah let us learn a little bit about you
1: okay let me start by saying that i know my story inside and out and um I know what I think is important and interesting, but if you are caught by something, please stop me. Okay? Okay. Let me know if there's anything. (sighs) Um, I started my life like any normal little middle class white (laughs) chicky. And um, my family got a lot of chronic illness early when I was six. My brother was diagnosed with chronic illness. And when I was eight, my mom was. And so it was. Um, I became a little adult really early. And you know you know that nature versus nurture thing? In yep. my nature, I'm a perfectionist. And what happened was I became the good kid and the healthy one and really sunk into that and got really perfect at doing that um, and reading every room and um, knowing what was going on below the surface of everything. But as the good one and perfect, I didn't talk about any of it. I just knew it. Um, or I knew what to talk about and what I couldn't talk about. And the one thing that I kind of dove into um, in my early life was horseback riding. I didn't have a ton of money or anything like that. I started working for my riding when I was nine, I think. Um, But I really, like, that was what I did. I got great grades. I followed every single rule that anybody could possibly give me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was really good. And uh, then I I followed authority. And then, um, let's see, I had Lyme disease when I was 12. And ever since then, I've had Mm. pain, you know, just joint pain, tested for rheumatoid arthritis and Lyme disease just about every year from then on and um but i just carried on you know i did the stuff that was important to me and did the stuff that i was told was important and um i just you know carried on being being the perfect the perfect person that i possibly could and um did you ever have a quarter life crisis do you know uh, about
0: what that is? Yeah, and so I can kind of relate to some a lot of what you're saying with you know trying to be perfect, trying to be the good kid. Yeah. I, I grew up in a family that was pretty dysfunctional, and there was a lot of, um, you know, I, I'll say there was some definitely some emotional uh, mm-hmm. trauma and abuse. So, you always for me, it was always trying to be the good kid so that I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I I did. I I had, I'd say I had a, I had a small little probably crisis when I was around 25 Mm -hmm. and then I hit the midlife at 40. So I've had it it too, but so yeah, I could (laughs) really, yeah,
1: I feel like we, you know, you've got the emotional abuse stuff I have, you know, like I, from the age of six, I had to be able to call 911 if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, and, and give injections and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, my parents did the very best job they could. And that doesn't mean I wasn't traumatized by all the yeah. stuff, you know, like, that's how life goes. And I think that then we hit our mid 20s, and we get out into the world, and we aren't influenced by the same things. But that's how we grew up. That's how we adapted to life. Right. Um and we were taught how everything was supposed to go. And then we went, when we get out there and we're not in the same tiny little ecosystem that our family is and our, our hometown is, it's, it's different. It's different yeah. than and the rules are not the same. And so we often hit that quarter life crisis thing. Um, when I did it, I started looking for what the perfect career was. Cause that's, you know, yeah. that's what our, that's what our society tells us that we find, um, happiness and purpose in our job, how we make money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I, I started looking, yeah, right. I started looking when I was like 24, never found it. <laughs> I I ended up going out to Montana and going to school for photography and real life got in the way again. <laughs> and yeah. um, I found a marriage. And my parents have been together forever. And so marriage is forever. And three years in, I told my therapist, I don't know why I married this guy. Mm. <laughs> and, um, but after doing a whole ton of jobs that were psychologically really not good for me, I mean, we're just talking retail. We're not talking horrible things. I was managing a, a store for a while. Um, I started to get headaches. Mm. And then I got migraines and then it got to the point where I had 30 to 31 migraines a month by 10 a.m. every single morning Mm. and and all those aches and pains that I've had forever. And um, I finally got, you know, 25 years later, I got um, diagnosed with my own chronic disease. (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) But like with all of that, you know, like I was doing everything. I was still doing everything exactly like you're supposed to do. Right. You know, we're taught we're taught so hard, and then we we adapt to the things that we have to, and we learn the very best way that we can how to do things. And um, what I learned was to ignore myself, ignore my um, certainly my psychological needs. You know, don't talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, ignore what I need. I'll often ignore physical needs, push past all kinds of boundaries that my body is screaming at me. And I think, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own thing, but every, I think that the reason that I got my chronic illness was because I just kept pushing and doing things that were bad for me. Right.
0: Even, and I imagine some of those, I mean, when you say bad, bad for you, as far as, uh, do you mean like it wasn't, it wasn't what you were truly passionate about, or because I think you know, like having a job and a paycheck is good, but it could also be bad, for, right? For a person, yeah,
1: right. I um, I wasn't doing things I was passionate about. Although mm-hmm. I have a positive outlook, like it, that. Uh, that's one of those nature things. Like yeah. that's just in me. I I can find the positive. So even you know, working in inventory at a drugstore, I could find the positive that, you know, like I have a meticulous nature and I love to be able to find the little things and know where everything is in the store. But, um, But being inside all day in the fluorescent lighting and pushing myself to do things that just weren't you you could say weren't, you know, like didn't jive with my purpose. But really, right. like what I've found since then is I need to be outside. I need to be around animals and nature. Um, these are just the things that my body and mind need.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and everybody's got their things. But right. um, I just denied all of it. And, and I didn't allow myself to feel even the little things you know i prided myself in leaving work at work and leaving home at home and never talking about the other <laughs> and like that just means that i compartmentalized so bad that i i didn't know what was going on i never processed anything yeah you know i never um it was it was bad i got to the point where i was suicidal mm. um and just the deep deep misery
0: did you just feel empty inside is that what when when you got to that point where you felt you know like okay I'd rather just be done with this life was it just an emptiness hmm. inside of you or, or what 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 really brought on those those feelings of suicide
1: um the words that I have now that I didn't have then hmm. um it's really interesting how much I've learned since then. At that point all I could tell you I was was I was depressed and I didn't want to live anymore, right? Yeah. And what I would say now is I was trapped. I was trapped in the cage that I had made for myself. Yeah. Marriage is forever. This it doesn't matter if I you know married the wrong man and um I just had to keep Climbing whatever ladder, you know, like I started in retail. So I just continued to go up the ladder in retail, like just following what you're supposed to do to get more money so that I could get the right things yeah. and be the right person. Um, you know, all the makeup, all the blowing my hair out every single morning before work. Right. And it was it was a cage. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel, yeah, And well, uh, it was well, miserable.
0: We're all told, you know, here in the United States, you know, you got the American dream, right? You're supposed to have a nice mm-hmm. house, white picket fence, a couple of kids, maybe a dog. Um, and then, yeah, you've got to fill your life with things mm-hmm. that just clutter and take up space. Because uh, I, 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 so I totally resonate with you on that. On that point, it was all about, for me, especially in my 20s, it was all about find your career, make as much money as you can, and make sure your kids have everything they could possibly want, or pets, or whatever, or your spouse, you know. Um, Yeah, so I totally relate with you on that one.
1: Yeah, and we we got a lot of the same socialization, right? You and Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. And we got a lot of different stuff, you know. I women are supposed to be able to emote, right? Except mm-hmm. not really. And you probably can't at all except maybe some anger here and there.
0: Yeah, I'm supposed to be men are supposed to be stoic and strong and women you're supposed to be open and emotional but not too much.
1: Right, right? if we are then we're yeah, like fluff.
0: And- in the in the 1950s if you would have been, they would have locked you up and you know, they would right. have sent you away to, you know, right.
1: Yeah, know, right. it's, it, it's, there is no winning. Mm-hmm. There's no winning in our society. And I, it, I can't even imagine if, if I wasn't, you know, a white chick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I cannot imagine how hard it would be to be in the cage that anybody else is. Like, I wouldn't want to be in your cage. Right. I wouldn't want to yeah. be in anybody else's. Yeah, I don't yeah. like mine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so you you uh started to get into trusting nature and mm-hmm. let's well let's let's i don't want to i don't want to shortchange your depression so you, you fell into depression um you, you started to, you began to have suicidal ideations
1: mm-hmm.
0: how did you did you change your life at that point or did you still try to maintain
1: oh i maintained as hard as i could mm-hmm. um Interestingly, that was right around the time that I went off all of my meds, mm. um, and it wasn't related. Like I was just going to be there anyway. Right. Um, but I had I was on several different medications for my disease and birth control and like all the things, yeah. and um, I had I had kind of two things happen at once, um, and and. At this point in my life, I don't really know which happened first, but I read a self-help book. I mean, God, I was just desperate. So I was yeah. reading and looking at anything, mostly about careers, but this this one jumped out at me and I, I read it and she could have been speaking directly to me and it planted a seed. There was also a, a stage performance, just a musical that I saw that really spoke to me. And both of these things didn't, change my life immediately, but they planted a seed that there was something else. Mm. There was something more that I could work towards. And so I did slowly. <laughs> yeah, Slowly. Um, I, first I got, I had to stop working completely because of my body. I was so sick and miserable. Um, but then at least I think a year, year and a half after that, um, I started with my body. Mm. Um, I knew I had to start somewhere. I started with my body and I cleaned up my body um, starting with, uh, you know, I did a ton of research. Everybody's got their own thing that works for them. I did a ton of research on my, um, our microbiome and how your gut works and everything like that. And so Mm -hmm. I went on this um, nutritional protocol diet thing and healed up my gut. And it did wonders for my physical body. And then I started very slowly changing some other stuff. I, I was able to get a horse for the first time in my life, but I was just following the joy, like these tiny yeah. things. I couldn't remember the last time I was happy, except when I was riding horses. And so I made a way for that to be the thing so that there was some joy in my life. And then I healed my body and I started to work again. And I started working with horses outside and I hadn't worked with horses for over a decade. Right. And so I started, it, it, it was never, there, there was never a plan. There was like the next tiny little thing that I could do to be a little bit less miserable. Yeah. And um, so my body got healed and I started to feel empowered because I was working again and I was doing something that I enjoyed. And the opportunity arose. Um, and I was able to get a divorce and, you know, that took tons of planning and I had spent all my life planning, right. You know, like all my life making things work exactly right. And so I, the, the divorce went fine. You know, I was lucky enough to not have, you know, I was, I wasn't in any danger physically or even emotionally. And so after I got a divorce, um, that's when I really started to work on my mental and emotional health. Um, I've certainly had therapists along the way and, um, but since my divorce, I haven't. I've, I've worked stuff out for myself. I've found um, inspiration and kind of help from a lot of different areas um, and different people. I, I think, I definitely feel that teachers are everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: so it's been tiny step by tiny step. And then all of a sudden, like these tiny steps start to cascade. Right. And so the last two years, especially, but like the last five years have been crazy amounts of change in my life. And I'm starting to kind of steer my own ship. I'm walking my own path for the first time ever. And It's interesting what I'm finding now is that because I spent my entire life doing things exactly the way I was supposed to, my creativity is gone. I don't know how to think outside the box and like (laughs) develop my own thing. So actually this freedom guide is unique. As far as I know, I've never heard of anybody doing it. This is what I do. I've, um, I went through a mentorship for life coaching and that, um, I'm good at that, and that doesn't that doesn't resonate exactly like I want it to be. I want to free other people, right? Who, who have found themselves in a cage.
0: Was it? Would you say um, as you as you started to take these little steps, and mm-hmm. and, and I, I call them, uh, well, I think if I when you start hearing and listen to yourself and and you you start taking those positive steps in the direction you want to go, I I call them God's whispers, right? He's like in your ear saying, Hey, you should go ahead Mm -hmm. and take that trip you want to take. Where would you say like the, the, the expectations of life money in the United States, I'll say in the United States, money's a big deal. Where does money fall on your, your scale? Um, it sounds like at one point it it was yeah you you, you worked you had to earn mm-hmm. uh, you had to earn more. But being a coach, uh, mm-hmm. I've done some coaching and mentoring, and i I haven't made anything from it. I, I at this point, I mean, I've I've done it for folks, and and it's just been of my own goodwill. So when you say you're freedom guide or in your in your you're into coaching, you're probably uh, at least in the beginning, you're not going to be making what you were making in the retail space, or so. Like it sounds, where would you say that those expectations of life, the, the relationship, the house, the 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 money, where does that fall on your radar now? Is it pretty low down? Like you you don't
1: the uh, it, it's actually funny. Two years ago, I um. I reconnected with my brother's best friend from when he was young and um, I had found myself enough to, (laughs) it's funny, I put myself out there on a couple dating sites and was just so frustrated, (laughs) (laughs) just so frustrated. And finally, I just like wrote this list of like, this is who I am, like bald faced, like just this. And and I, I still didn't get any. Thing from the dating sites because obviously, but um, mm-hmm. I happen to like, you know. I mean, when when you when you're ready, it happens, you know. Yeah. And and that's so trite, and yet, I I couldn't have asked for a better partner. And he's he's got a little house, um, which is so different from anything that I would ever have picked. Right. Um, and the house doesn't matter to me. Like location matters to me a lot. I, I need to be close enough to nature right but the things don't matter as much and that doesn't mean i don't have anything i certainly get stuff you know i've got a nice phone and you know like i put nice things around me but it's not for show it's for stuff that i'm interested in it doesn't
0: control your choices or it doesn't control your decisions right
1: right i um when i started working again After being so sick that I couldn't work. I have not worked full time since then. Um, And I've worked in animals. I make. About two thirds. Now I make about two thirds of what I did. When I left managing. Maybe. God, sometimes half of what I did. And. I hope to be able to support myself with my guide, you know, my coaching, my um, freedom guide business, at some right. point, only so that I can do what I'm really passionate about. Right. I like what I do, you know, for my day job right now, it's fine, <laughs> but yeah. it's not my passion, and I want to do my passion. And so the only thing that I hope for for money from my from my personal business is to be able to make ends meet and the ends that I need now are so much smaller than I ever thought.
0: Yeah. Well, and and so, you know, being a freedom guy, that's, uh, you know, um, that, that freedom, uh, so many of us are searching for that freedom in our lives because I, I would guarantee nine out of 10 of people that we would, talk to they've got a job because they feel like they need to be Mm -hmm. um they they got the job that pays the best for the skill set they had and and it's they're probably just doing it because uh they want to pay the bills they want to you know be a provider but that freedom that we lose by living you know taking the expectations and saying okay this is what i have to do Mm -hmm. um once you meet, so like the free. When I think of you, and I think of the freedom guide, you're finding the freedom in your own life to where you can express who you truly are, and you can be around the things you want to be. Um, and so many of us, even myself, at this point, I mean, I have a good job and, and a day job, and mm-hmm. and I and I enjoy what I do, but it's not like you said, it's not the passion. And there's been so many times where I've said, you know, if I just quit. You know, I could find a little bit more freedom to pursue what I really want to do, but that's a scary thing.
1: It's terrifying. Yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. And I, um, I'm not a, in a position to just jump away from working and right. jump into jump into this. Um, yeah, no. And the first part of the freedom is figuring out what of the expectations, like when you say I should make enough money for my entire family to live well okay yes they Mm. need to eat they need a roof over their heads they need like you go back to what are you paying for that's for appearances that doesn't matter to you at all right you know and but we're socialized for it to really matter to us right yeah and so it's it's really digging deep and that's it's a process you know this has been 12 years coming for me yeah and i will never be truly there it's always a process you know because it's one you know you you, i get to one thing and then you know last weekend something hit me and right another thing of like working through some more stuff but it's it's a step ahead it's um, I no longer feel like I'm taking two steps forward and three falling back three steps.
0: Yeah. Cause that's, that's
1: how it started. Like I would, right. I would do something and then it would backfire or um, somebody would say something and I would just crumble. Yeah. Um, I really feel like I'm mostly making forward, forward momentum, forward motion now at this point.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, what you do, I'm gonna pull over my notes. So if mm-hmm. I look like I'm looking away from you, I am, but it's for a good reason, because I try to grab my notes here. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today and, and what you're hoping. So um, Freedom Guide, uh, my notes, uh, specializing in renaturing, finding and trusting your true nature. Let's let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's so important that we, we all get so caught up when we're young, because our brainwashing, and -hmm. that's what I call it, Mm -hmm. uh, for good or bad, it starts when you're a child, right, you know, and then you, um, you you get into your teen years, and then it's still there, but the expectations change a little bit, so, so we're all really kind of brainwashed, Um, you know, I think about, I was just thinking about this this morning, I, I went and got some breakfast and I got a drink and I got the the big drink because it's, it's a buck, right? So you mm-hmm. get that. But I'm thinking, man, you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid or a teenager, you just get a little drink and that was enough to satisfy your appetite. But now I got to get this big one that I probably won't even finish and I'm just mm-hmm. wasting. So it's, it's the programming is still there. So let's, let's talk about those steps to to finding our true nature. Like what, what does that mean?
1: Um, It's actually uh, part of it is really, truly finally listening to your body. Mm. Cause there's a lot of our um, emotions and our mental reactions that we can feel. Yeah. But I don't know about you, but I stopped listening to my body You know, and and including, like, yes, my joints hurt all the time. I wonder why my joints actually hurt. Like, now, thinking about it, I wonder why I was hurting. You know, like, what kind of pressure, like, literally pressure was I putting on myself that my knees hurt all the time. Right. You know, and that sounds woo-woo. Like, it sounds totally crazy. But then you can also think about that we really do honestly have a gut brain Mm. um that is uh feeds into our you know our actual head brain. Right. Um there's there's enough there's a bundle of nerves in our guts that make all kinds of decisions. Now they're primitive, but mm-hmm. um we have shut down on our body. We've been programmed, right? Our programming is to not pay attention to our body and to stay in our heads all the time. So one of the first steps in finding our true nature is to get out of our heads. Now there's tons and tons of ways to do that. We can do it cerebrally, like literally just saying, okay, so you're thinking about something, which way do you lean? Literally, like, okay, (laughs) if you think, think a bad thought, think I'm trapped, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, which way do you lean? I tend to lean a little bit backwards. Okay, I think, oh, I'm so peaceful. I'm so peaceful. I'm literally leaning forward a little bit. Yeah. And so that's all in your head. Meditation is wonderful, great, right? Whatever Mm. exercise is super important because you're literally learning to feel what your body is doing. Yeah. Um so that's really the first step and then after that it's also figuring out what you can shed. Mm. Like it's it's just layers and layers like an onion. What you're getting to is the very core of yourself. You t- you call I'm sorry, you said God's whispers?
0: Yeah, I call them God's whispers. When mm-hmm. you have that just moment of enlightenment. Yeah. Of something that seems so simple that you're like, right.
1: why didn't I get this before? Right. And so uh, there's there's a lot of everybody calls it something different. I call yeah. it your true nature. You mm-hmm. would call it God's whispers. Um, somebody else calls it their essential self or their true self or um the divine within, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to me, nature and the outdoors is just so important and so for me it's our human nature our animal nature our inner nature our true nature it's all the same thing to me or Mm. pieces of the same thing
0: you when you you, a little bit ago you were talking about your gut and Mm -hmm. are you talking about your literal gut or are you talking about that like instinctual internal
1: um, that's funny uh, my literal gut. There's a mm. there's an actual bundle of nerves in your gut. So when we talk about our gut instinct, there yeah. is a gut instinct. It's science. Okay. It's amazing. Wow. And and our culture um, deifies the brain.
0: Yeah. Well, just,
1: so we don't even consider it.
0: I was thinking of it because we were talking about things that we know, like getting healthy and different things that 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 should mm-hmm. be incorporated in finding your true self. And and I'm an emotional eater, right? When I'm happy, mm-hmm. I want to eat. When I'm sad, I want to eat. And when you mentioned gut, I'm like, you know, yeah, what is that? So my brain wants to eat because of that dopamine rush, mm-hmm. you know. And and the gut is like being i kind of seeing my gut as being that, you know, that uh, bad influence friend that, you you know, always has the bright idea like, yeah, let's eat. Let's eat a ton. And, you know, and then you feel miserable. Um, I was just trying to make that correlation between the gut and the mind and how they m- might work together.
1: That's funny. I would ask you if you think it's actually your gut that's the, the demon on your shoulder.
0: I'm, probably not. It's probably more. Because I'll bet you your gut would
1: tell you when you've had enough, and you don't. Yeah. You don't listen to it. Yeah. Ignore it. I don't listen to it. I'm not very good about it. Yeah. There's still stuff on my plate. I eat it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you there. I yeah. And it's funny because you you know what you're supposed to do, but you, yeah. you know a lot of a lot of us don't do it.
1: Right. And I think I think that's the thing though. It's not what you're supposed to do because we're going to fight everything that we're supposed to do that we can. Yeah. And if that means continuing to eat after what, you know, so, okay. So you got a great job and you worked yeah. yourself to death because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Apparently your training on that was better than your training on don't eat too much at each sitting. Yeah. Cause that's another thing that you're supposed to do.
0: Right. You're supposed to, yeah. Yeah.
1: But there's a point at which when you start to really trust yourself and be able to feel yourself and know yourself and what what's good for you on a m- mind, body, soul level,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't stop eating because you're supposed to not eat that much. You don't eat a salad because you're supposed to eat a salad. You do it because that's what sounds really good to you. hmm and you're, you're full and you don't want to eat anymore. Like it it ends up when you, when you stop doing things because you're working really hard and you're supposed to work really hard and it's horrible to work this hard. So I'm going to eat a donut Mm -hmm. when you're not working that hard and you're not that stressed because what you're doing is important to you. If you could podcast all day, I would bet you wouldn't just eat your way through the day
0: because it's,
1: exciting and it's something that's really interesting to you and listening to people's stories is fascinating to you because yeah. you've been there and you don't, I, I, I asking you now, you probably don't feel like eating this moment.
0: No, no. You're, you're
1: caught up in what you're doing. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I, I can, I can only talk about that cause I love to eat. Right. <laughs> I just love to eat. But.
0: And, and I think cause you know, in, in your bio, it talks about, uh, trappings of modern society Mm -hmm. and and i really think that (sighs) and and i hate to just keep picking on eating because there's this goes so many different directions but
1: oh for sure but we may as well stick with one thing
0: yeah but and you're kind of trained as as you're growing up right i mean you know i was given free range to the kitchen and i grew up in a hostile, what I say is a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. And so when I was sad, then I could always find comfort in, mm-hmm. the, in that food. And it's almost as if my environment was telling me that's what you need to do. But then then you get older and you start caring about how you look. So you say, well, I, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then society tells you, well, you need to eat like a rabbit or you need to do keto or you need to do one of mm-hmm. these things. And I, and I really feel like, you know, there's a, like you're saying, there's a good balance in there. If, if, if you're doing something you love to do, you're not going to be, your food is going to be your fuel, not your mm-hmm. comfort. And I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of trying to process all this and, and, and it just, it's like a bunch of little light bulbs going off in my yeah. head.
1: It's huge. Um, it's not yeah. one thing. Like none of this is one thing. Right. It's, we're all so interconnected.
0: Yeah. When you talk about nature a little bit uh, for you, I mean, so I've heard throughout my life like connecting with, reconnecting with nature is is very, um, it feeds the soul. And I know some people talk about get outside, get barefoot, play in the rain, different things like that. When you talk about connecting with nature, um, what advice would you have for somebody? Let's let's say all they've done is their whole life they they've worked to earn, mm-hmm. they've raised their kids, um, you know they've uh, stayed in maybe an unhealthy marriage because they're supposed to, and and now mm-hmm. they're like okay I'm, and that was kind of my midlife at forty. I woke up one day, and I said, I'm depressed. I know I'm depressed. Um, I'm I, I've got this nice house, right? I just. Got this big house that I bought, I got the job that I could retire from, and I have the pension. I've got two kids, and they're athletic, and uh, everything on the surface is, is supposed to be perfect, but I'm miserable, you know. Um, and so I had that kind of midlife crisis to where I'm, I'm like, I've got to figure things out, and that did turn into uh, my marriage dissolving and and and. Then I got into writing and speaking and now podcasting. And I've slowly but surely started to find my way. But I'm not a you know, and I'm a nature guy, but I've never really got out in nature. I mean I've camped,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I haven't connected. So let's talk a little bit about that. With, I
1: with love nature. how you said that. It's super important. You've camped, but you've never really connected. Right. So I don't camp very much. I don't usually go to like all of the local parks or the state parks. Um, I just find nature wherever I can. I'd prefer to be out of view of other humans and cars and houses and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I can sit in my backyard with my dogs and just feel the sun. So let's say, um, on the the vernal equinox, actually, the very first day of spring, I went out for a walk and I fell on the ice, and I <laughs> hurt my back and yes. I was stuck on my back for two weeks. And nature is super important to me, right? So I could not wait to get back outside. And it took a it took two and a half weeks before I could take the walk out to where I can be away from humans, at least visually. Yeah. And, um. So I got out there and I sat down at this pond that I like, and I sat there and I enjoyed all of the beauty and I felt completely separate from it. Mm. I felt, and and it was, it I was grief struck. Like it was horrible for me who that connection to nature is the really big thing for me. And mm. the fact that I was sitting in nature and I felt completely disconnected and apart from it. So yeah. I sat there and the very first thing I did was close my eyes and listened. Because I, one of the things I've done is I'm a birder, which means I, I go out and I identify birds. And, but I also do it by ear. So I listen to their calls and there's lots of like apps and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. I started with CDs. Um, and so I started to identify the sounds of the, the wind through the pines and the various birds that I could identify. And I was out there, I had been sitting for a while realizing that I couldn't connect. So I was listening to the little critters under the, under the leaves. And then I started to just feel the sun and the wind against me. And I can do that in my backyard where mm-hmm. I am completely surrounded by everything. <laughs> like I'm I, I cannot look a direction and not see people yeah. um, or traffic hurtling past so just the sensual feelings of nature yeah. the feel of the sun the feel of the air on me and I'm not like stripped down to nothing or anything right we're, we're just I'm just feeling it and I'm listening I'm using my senses I'm smelling the it rained yesterday and it's a little bit moist smelling and the leaves because of the winter are um, rotting. And so I can feel that and, or I can smell that and it doesn't smell bad to me. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's like a clean rotting smell of leaves and, and I start to realize that I'm part of it. I focus on my breath like this. This becomes more like meditation, but I like focus on my breath. Okay. Hey, look, I'm breathing just like that chipmunk.
0: <laughs> hey, look,
1: I'm an animal too. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And then I can open my eyes and I can start to take it in and see, oh, yeah, really, I am part of this. It's
0: it's, it's interesting because as a child, mm-hmm. I mean, most Kids, at least kids I grew up with and myself, loved to be outside. Ride our bikes, play in the field, play football, whatever. And you know, take our shoes off. We didn't care. We you know, jump in mud puddles. We did all that. And as an adult, we had and we did that as a child, like without thinking. Like it was just we. It was just our nature. To do that, but as exactly. an adult, we have to it no, very exactly. intentional.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's in nature, like,
0: man. We lost. How did we lose that? How do we lose that? That, like you said, it, it. I remember a kid going out in the backyard. We lived in an apartment. We had this big drainage ditch or something, mm-hmm. and that thing might as well have been the world's greatest toy because I, I I'd go outside and i play in that ditch and try to catch frogs and all that other stuff. And, and I just never thought about it. And now I think about it and it's like, well, maybe I should get away and do some fishing this weekend. Maybe that'll help me. And it's like, I got to be intentional. It's like, what what happens to us that we just can't be there without, you know, it's like, it, it's almost like a chore. For us to go outside or You said
1: something. it earlier. We're programmed out of it. We're yeah, brainwashed.
0: Yeah, brainwashed in, into thinking that there's more important things than yeah. the world around and us.
1: If that means you have to start prioritizing it and put on, putting it on your to-do list, it's gotten to the point for me where it's kind of the top of my to-do list. And yeah, yeah sure, definitely. I have to put it on there, make sure it happens. But I have to. Because of how much better I feel when I remember that I am not separate right. from nature.
0: Does it make you to? Let me ask you this: So when you when you're able to go out and really connect with nature, mm-hmm. um, and you have your time with it without inhibition, does that make you know the fact that you 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 got to go to work or you have a job? I mean, how much easier does that make? Life, as we've come to know as an adult, how, how much easier does it make your your day? Does it help you find a new appreciation, or is it just you know when you're in nature, you're in nature, and then when you're back inside, you're back inside? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't.
1: It. I. I do see what you're saying, um, and we have to go back to the thing where it's a part of it. Yeah. Um, prioritizing the fact that I need to be in nature starts me down the road of prioritizing myself and my needs. Mm -hmm. And then that starts me down the road of prioritizing the fact that maybe despite the fact that I'm making more money in this job, it's not, it's not good for me. And I could change jobs and make less money but feel more me so that I'm not feeling like I'm connected to nature and I'm Mm. the so that I'm not feeling like two different people. My Mm. goal is to feel like the same person all the time and be at peace with that Yeah, and joyful and not, we're not just talking like I sometimes I think that our, our concept of peace is, um, sitting quietly like, mm-hmm. <laughs> playing solitaire on our phone right? right like we're not talking peace like just quiet we're talking like joyful like nothing yeah. is nothing is eating away at us yeah. and so so the prioritizing nature prioritizing the connection to nature is prioritizing a connection to me hmm. because i have nature i am nature so, it's prioritizing my own self, yeah, and it's a slippery slope from there to doing exactly what you want with your life.
0: and it really and this this conversation really is, is resonating because my belief and this stems from stem from a a vision that I had one day where um, I just i I feel like the world, however, infinitely big it is you know Mm -hmm. solar systems planets all that if you put all that uh and you captured it all in a bubble it's like this perfect harmony of energy and vibration right in a perfect world so you take Mm -hmm. you just nature as it was created it's this perfect harmony but then here we come these these humans here Mm. on earth and whoever knows whatever else is out there and we start to complicate that perfect harmonious vibration, we start to, we get it out of balance and, 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 and then that causes the, what we perceive as chaos in our mind. Um, so that's kind of on a very short definition of kind of how I feel life is. Yeah. And, and, and it keeps taking me back because we were talking about childhood and we go out and we play and we do all these things and we're, we're really connected and we don't worry about where our next meal is going to come from, because we just trust it's there, and we don't worry about you know if we scrape our knee, somebody's somebody's going to fix it. Like we we don't have these worries. And that is is the loss of trust in ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm. It you know all these different thoughts that are going through my mind. It's like yeah you know how. In a perfect world i would you know if 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 i could bring back little brian uh that kid that would go outside barefoot um i <laughs> it was funny as i got in trouble for it, but as a kid you know i remember uh i remember this uh, playing with like those big styrofoam like jets or planes you throw yeah and and I was probably seven years old and I still remember this. And I think I remember it because the neighbor threw a fit, but I had to go to the bathroom. I had to pee. So I just, I just right there in the field and I just went and the neighbor didn't like this so much. And they came over and I denied it and all that, you know, but, um, but I'm like, I was so comfortable in my world that yeah. you know, I just felt like I used the bathroom in the field and nobody cared. And then, you know, um, and I just trusted everything was going to be okay. Why? And and but today, in today's world, if, if it was perfect, I would probably quit my nine to five job. Not because I dislike it, I do like the work I do and I do like the people I work with, but it's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if I really trusted myself, I'd say, you know what, that's okay. I I can quit this job because I trust that I'll I'll make money doing the things that I I want to do to pay my bills. Why, why do we have such a hard time as adults trusting ourselves trusting the decisions we feel we want to make and I know there's a programming aspect to it but if but we wake up every day and we know what we want I mean I, I truly feel deep down inside if you connect internally to yourself you you know whether or not you want to go to that job you know um, whether or not you know you want to, you know, date somebody specific or whatever, what, what, what happened? I mean, why can't we trust ourselves as adults?
1: I have um, two, a two-parted answer. The first is I'm not sure that I believe that we all wake up in the morning and know what we want. Okay. I spent a lot of my life not knowing. I only did what I thought that I should do. And that turned into what I wanted to do. And I really, like, it's been a long process to, uh, like, I never, I never called in sick. Yeah. I never called, like, I never woke up in the morning and said, oh, I don't want to go to work. That's much more recent to me. I hated my job. I hated my entire life. And I never woke up in the morning and said, oh, I don't want to go to work. Wow. So there, so I will challenge you on that. Okay. So trusting myself, when I got out of my marriage, I had lost all trust in myself and everybody else because how could I have gotten into that? How could I have continued it? Mm -hmm. He lied. So like, and I continued to believe him. Like how could I trust myself to know that somebody was telling the truth and my dad helped me out with a bunch of stuff and he trusted me and I like, screwed him over so bad so many times how could he still trust me and it was a long process to come back to to realizing that i was doing the very best that i could with the information that i had and the adaptations that i had made all the way from childhood and so it was first giving myself the compassion and the grace there not necessarily that i had made the best best decisions because yes i look back and i go what the hell was i thinking but i was following exactly what i felt like i needed to do and so it's it's learning differently there now i have another metaphor if you have a moment
0: yeah oh yeah we got time
1: um i was thinking the other day about bushwhacking
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what you do as a kid you just go anywhere
0: yeah you just explore and... and
1: that's what you were talking about about just trusting that your next meal will come and that you know when you have to go to the bathroom you will go to the bathroom as opposed to now where we'll wait for six hours to go <laughs> <tea>. <laughs> like right um i was thinking about that there's one place in my adult life where i have felt okay about actually bushwhacking going off trail
0: okay
1: and i was like okay what's the formula like there's got to be an actual formula there's got to be a reason that i felt okay there and i was thinking about it and i was comfortable in the place that i was physical place the 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 house and the land i was comfortable i knew where the boundaries were Mm-hmm. Because that's actually helpful. Boundaries are super helpful. if If we're talking about like going out on a hundred acres, you know, like the state park, whatever, right, and we're just gonna bushwhack in the state park, like where is home? Like where is right. coming back? So we need the boundaries. So we I, I feel comfortable with the place and the boundaries. I know the general lay of the land, like this is up and this is down, like on a physical level. I've never, like, except for Girl Scouts, like a gazillion years ago, or Boy Scouts, I was an Explorer Scout too. So at some point I did a merit badge and used a compass, but I don't remember any of that. <laughs> so we're not talking North and South. We're just talking like general lay of the land. We're talking, there's stone walls, because I live in New England, and there's stone walls everywhere. So I know where the stone walls are. I know where the little streams, the rivulets are, right? Right. So if there's water, I'm like, okay, well, it's got to be down the hill from that. And, and I like, there's the great big trees, like there's, there's a birch that I absolutely adore. And there's a couple pine trees that you can see from forever away. And I felt comfortable enough. I knew enough landmarks. And I knew the general lay of the land. And I knew where the edges were, that I felt comfortable to go off off trail, like off Mm -hmm. the path and create my own. And I made a whole bunch of paths. So I was like, okay, right. What do we need? We need boundaries. We need Mm -hmm. to be comfortable within ourselves and to know, to know what our edges are. We can't, I know that I, I can't go into a crowd of people for too long. I'm an introvert. I love people, but get me into a crowd and it, it makes me anxious and I go a little overboard. Right. (laughs) And I know that, you know, like the, I am beginning to trust in my body to know when I have to pee. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm beginning to trust to, to, to know my parameters, to know the lay of the land a little bit within myself and to know, okay, this is ridiculous, but like, I know my budget. I know what I spend money on. So I know exactly how much money I have to make. And I know that right now I have to work 35 hours to do that. But in another six months, I'll have paid something off so I can make $200 less than that a month. And if that means I can drop some hours to spend more time outside because mm. it's good for me. Like you, I can start to like walk <laughs> outside the lines. Um, and it's still easier if you follow somebody else's path. Like even if one person has tread it, right? Like yeah. you, you look at something like life coaching, which is, it's not mainstream, right? right. But there's enough people that have done it. So you can start to do, do something else. Now you were talking about trust and I'm actually really feeling, trusting that at some point I will be doing this full-time. This, the freedom guide will be my full-time thing. I don't know how successful I'll be, but I know that I'll be able to support myself. hmm I don't know when that's going to be. I have no idea. But there's just like a knowing.
0: But you trust that it's it's on its way.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I have an inner knowing that I am good at this and that there are people that this will resonate with. Yeah. And that I'll be able to help them.
0: And that's kind of connecting back to that childlike trust where we don't, right. we don't know if it's right around the corner. But we know right. if we walk far enough, we're going to
1: get right. there. And we'll be fed, yeah. and Mm-mm. we'll we'll be safe. Somebody'll call us back. Mom'll call us, and we'll at least know which direction to go.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So we have the landmarks. We've lost them. Yeah. We need to remember.
0: So let's. So somebody's gonna listen to this. Somebody's gonna watch it, and let's assume that at least one person says, "You know what? I." completely resonate with this i'm i'm not happy in my life i know i need to make changes where do they start
1: um there are a gazillion people out there that are willing to help you know i mean you, you you can start with therapy if your insurance covers it right right um if if Exactly what I'm saying, the metaphors that I use and the the words that I use and the fact that I talk too fast sometimes and I have a very dirty mind and I'm, I <laughs> use bad language all the time. If I personally am super exciting to you, then I have a website, BetsyKudlinski.com, and you can contact me and you can schedule um, working with me. But there's a gazillion ways yeah. to start on your next step. Get, get it somebody is step in your by corner. step. That's exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be one person forever. Right. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. If you start to depend on one person, one person to be your guru forever, you're gonna outgrow and you're gonna stop trusting yourself or you're never gonna learn how to trust yourself. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to balance working with other people with trusting your own readiness to move on by yourself or to your next teacher.
0: And you didn't say this outright, but it, it struck me in a way that self forgiveness, forgiving mm. yourself. Don't don't you, you've got to forgive yourself for the life that you've quote unquote created. If you're unhappy, um, what I hear from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is that you know, one of those first steps too, but get somebody in your corner, but then you've, you've got to start working on, for me at 40, I had to start, I had to learn to love myself because I did not love myself.
1: It's true. It's true. And if you spend all of your time berating yourself for the choices you made up to this point, you are never going to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really like you said, self forgiveness. It's compassion. It's it's, I would never treat somebody else the way I've treated myself right like even somebody that i disliked i would yeah. never treat them as harshly as i treat myself and and expect the same amount out of them when i finally internalized to treat myself like i treat others it's
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> i think if i yeah if i would have said you know half the things i said to myself to somebody else they would have socked me right in the nose because you know yeah. i i know i've been you know i, I Something I finally came to grips with, very you know, late in life, but not too late, thankfully. But is that, yeah, learning to forgive and love myself, mm-hmm. and and I and I'm still working on the trust. That's why this conversation's been it's been really good for me because it it just got my mind moving a mile a minute, which I enjoy because it's it means something's resonating out there but we're
1: i I would love to dig into that yeah (laughs) because one of the things that i've always done the reason that i like to do what i do is i like to listen to people i'm far more interested in other people than i am in myself and so i'm so interested in (laughs) in in hearing from you what it is that you don't trust about yourself that doesn't mean that we have to talk about it right now
0: yeah well you know it sounds i was getting ready to say it sounds like we've we've got to have a part two to this conversation um, cause I would, I'd like to share and get your perspective on that. Cause it's 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 really peaking a, a childlike curiosity in, in my mind and, and and it it feels good. Uh, we're approaching, we're, we're actually at an hour now and mm-hmm. it, uh, kind of my, I love, and I hate these kind of conversations cause I love these conversations that time goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. But it's like, darn it, time has gone by so fast. <laughs> and that's why it's like oh why why couldn't it be longer. So I think we need to schedule a part 2. I would like we to have We can absolutely
1: do that. And All trusting right. yourself and trusting your true nature.
0: All right. So that so anybody listening to this or watching this, stay tuned. We're going to we're going to put together a part 2. Um but as we get ready close. So you've got through website, is there social media or anything that you want to throw out there anybody can, can they find you on Instagram or Facebook or
1: I I uh I stick close to my <laughs> okay. Facebook page. It's not even a business Facebook page. Okay. I do have a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group specifically for anybody that's interested in my work and working their own stuff out. And it's perfectly free. Um, and you can get to it through my website. Let's I would rather, it, it's easier to do that because, you know, I want to make sure that people answer the questions and understand that this is private. You can't talk about it elsewhere and to respect each other. And I want... I want people to be able to answer that instead of giving a direct link to that group
0: yeah and that facebook li- or that uh website link should be in the description of this live cast and it'll also be uh, for anybody that's listening to a podcast if you take a look at the description below you're going to find that that link um all right so we need to schedule a part two because i definitely want to follow up on this conversation more um but as we close out for today hmm Uh, Last question I always ask. There's only two questions I ever script, and that's the first one when I ask you to introduce yourself, and it's the last one when I ask you to share a parting word of wisdom for that one person that needs to hear you right now. No pressure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's going to take a long time, and you can start where you are.
0: Start. I love that, start where you are. That's, I can't tell you that's, yeah, that, that means a lot to me. Maybe I was the one I need to hear about it, even though I know that I practice that, but it's it, it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it because that's so true. It and doesn't matter
1: how many people we help, we always need to help ourselves
0: yeah. as well. And it goes into that trust. If you trust yourself, you'll just take that first step. So, yeah. well, hang tight. I wanna talk to you a little bit more off air, uh, but thank you for coming on the show. And uh, anybody, like I said, listening, watching, stay tuned. We're going to have to get the part two to this. Um,
1: so stay tuned. Thanks, Brian.
0: Thank you. And there you go. There you have it. My conversation with Betsy Kudlinski. But you know what? There's a part two, and it's coming up later this week. So make sure, if you haven't already, you follow this podcast. Go ahead and share it out to the world while you're at it. I mean, we all got social media, right? Let somebody know that this podcast exists and, uh, you know, share your opinion. And stay tuned. Stay tuned for part two with Betsy coming up later this week. So until next time, this is Brian. And you know, I got to leave you with it. Aim high, be courageous, and go do amazing things.